Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Hi, everybody. This is Marty Oakley, and this, of course, is TS Radio Network. And Kaz is on with us, too, but she might be silent for about 20 minutes while she finishes up a wedding cake. <laughs> and uh, we're having to fight with that bakery thing. And uh, But, um, you know, we, we keep hammering on this issue of what's going on, and you would expect at some point in time, Somebody in government would step up and say, okay, there's enough of this, but they don't. And the bills we're going to be talking about tonight and the situations are an example of that. Um, this is These bills that we cited tonight, are pro- I couldn't even tell you how many times people have said, look at this bill, look at this bill, oh, this is a good one. And it's nothing of the kind. These are intentionally written to... Uh, basically confuse you or convince you that they're going to do something when they have no intentions of doing it. And the idea that our government sits there in front of it, I mean, this is out public. Everybody knows about this now. You can't say you don't know about guardianship. It's out there, especially after Britney Spears. It's out there. So they can't use the excuse, I never heard such a thing. It must be an isolated incident. Well, nobody told me about it. We've told every one of you about it. As I've said before, we have contacted numerous representatives, senators, both state and federal, governors, attorney generals, the DOJ, the FBI. The the agencies we have gone to are numerous. The officials we have contacted, it's just unending, and yet the best we can get out of them is a tightening down of this system. The laws being changed. Now, a lot of people are talking about these uniform laws. On the one hand, that might be a good thing if they actually wrote it to protect people, but that isn't what it's about. And this is, isn't it? it's making sure that it's state to state, whatever crap they're pulling, you can't do anything about it. And that's basically all it gets down to. And, you know, as I've said before, if you or I did what any one of these predators does just even one time, and it was public knowledge, we'd be in prison. We would be the worst of the worst. And yet these people do this every day, all day, to numerous people. And it's growing. It's getting worse. As I've said before, we're hooked up with Australia. Uh, Japan, Germany, France, England, 
they're doing the same thing. Japan is terrible, terrible, terrible. And um, But they're doing the same thing. This is a global system that's in place, and it's most of it run by i selling franchises on conservatorships and guardianships, promising fast, consistent, easy money. Gee, I wonder where that money's going to come from. And uh, there's no barrier to it. This is legalized theft. It's human trafficking. It's torture. The misery these people cause is, is incalculable, and yet nobody will lift a finger against them. Uh, Kazi, I know you got to run, so you, did you have a few words you wanted to say? I, well, first off, I want to say kudos to last night's show. It was so amazing, uh, the information that was shared, and it just really made me think about the extra level of income that these guardians are making with selling all the mm-hmm. bodies. You know they're doing yes. it. And it's kind of yes. like when Marcia said, when you lift the rock, you just see more and more. And I know that's a rock that's about to be lifted. And it's, you know, are we ready, listeners, to delve deeper into what's really going on? Because it's hard to stomach. We thought it It was bad enough. It just keeps getting worse. Oh, I know it. It really does. I I told Marcia it's like being attacked by actual ghouls. Um, there's, There's something so sick about this. That I can't even I can't put it in words. It just it makes my gut wrench thinking about it. And yeah, that we would say even in death, they're making a buck. They're selling uh-huh. the bodies. They're selling the parts for money. They're making money after yeah. they've tormented these people, stolen from them, imprisoned them, done everything to dehumanity, take the humanity from them. And the last yeah. is we can make a buck over here, too. We'll just sell their body parts or sell the whole cadaver. It just, and, of course, they do that, as we said last night, through uh, even when people have uh, retirement or um, burial plans in place and paid for, the first thing the guardians will do is discard those plans. That. Yep. Yeah. I and, I actually know people who have worked in the industry, and they've faced that aren't bad people and they will have, they will tell me the guardians will come in there and cancel all that. And they want the money back that was put down as the down payment. I mean, I was shocked. Yeah. They yeah. they have no, there's just, they have no scruples. None, none. I still maintain yeah. that the theory they're working on scientifically is that there's more than one species of human being. And I think we're looking at it. If you know what I'm saying? These people are natural-born yeah. predators. They are natural. It's like the difference between a wolf in the wild and a domestic dog. These people yeah. are predators. And uh, they are. They have no conscience, no empathy, no sympathy. They will lie, cheat, steal, kill, whatever they have to do to get what they want because that's all that matters. They want it. You have it. They want it. End of story. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so. Yeah. It's all right. Scary well, world. You, go ahead. Yes, it is. Well, yes, it is. You know, I'd like, but you know what? With no further ado, I would like to announce our guest today. We are back yes. in the state of Pennsylvania, the state that, you know, introduced me to guardianship and all the evils that go along with it. And 
I got to experience it in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, and we have Reverend Ralph from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, and we also have Arlene Sandra, and she worked with the uh, Department of Aging and, wow. and with Human Services, and we are so excited to see her take on what's going on, and then later after we talk with that, we're going to review some of the bills that are being introduced, and we would like to do a nice shout out to Mary Bush who helped bring these things to our attention and we are just ready to really talk about the corruption in in the whole state of Pennsylvania. So yeah. with, without further ado, I, I'd like if Arlene could come on and talk about what she did as her career capacity and the things that she witnessed and just give us a, a quick recap on those things. Uh, yes, would you like me to start now, Marty? Yes, yes, please. Uh, yes. Okay, well, can, can I give you a two-minute background on my sure. life experience? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm a child of World War II, and we were patriots because we were the, we were the good guys. And in the 60s, uh, during the Civil Rights um, Movement and John F. Kennedy and... Um, Vietnam, where they were taking 18-year-olds off the, you know, off to the draft. Uh, we were very active in government, and we thought we could make the government be responsive. So we came up with all kinds of creative ideas, like Section 8 housing, and Get Start, and or Get Set and Head Start, and um, also created in Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Department of Aging. Under the um, theory that um, the government closest to the people is most responsive, in Pennsylvania we created, for each county or many of the counties, most of the counties, there are some that are too small and are combined with more than one county, but for each county to have its own area agency on aging, which would be overseen by the local county executive and the local county commissioners, and also overseen by the Pennsylvania Department of Aging, which reports directly to the governor. Wow. So that's the system in Pennsylvania. Now, the people that I – go ahead. Did you have a question, Marty? No, no, I was just – yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, I, I was very active politically, and in, in the 80s, I was on state Democratic Committee, and um, we also got a law passed for there to be um, any position in the Department of Aging, there would be age preference for anybody over 60 years of age. So I was over 60 years of age, and I applied for a position. Now, the the laws are that anybody over 60 gets age preference and they get hired first at any of these area agencies on aging, and we'll call them triple A's for short. And also, you get preference if you in live in the county in which you are applying. Um, well, that's what it says on paper, Marty, cause, Reverend, but that's not yeah. what they actually do. Interesting. Okay, so should I should I continue? Yeah. Yes. Yes, okay. please. Yes. 
Well, these, yes. these are not. Okay, well, if you have any questions, feel free to stop me and interrupt I, me. So. I, have a, I have a quick question. What county in Pennsylvania do you live in? Lehigh Just County. For, okay. Le, Lehigh oh, County. Okay, Lehigh, okay. It's directly That's, north of Montgomery County. Yeah, I was recognizing that name. Okay, so it's probably pretty corrupt there if it's close to Montgomery County. Um. Maybe it's even more corrupt in Montgomery County. Who knows? Whoa, uh, whoa, Reverend, whoa. That's terrible. Yeah. More corrupt so, than yeah, Montgomery the, County. Wow. All right. The people, the, the Go people on, I, everyone. Right, the people I, were, I was dealing with were not guardianship cases. They were um, trying to stay out of nursing homes in a, in a program called uh, nursing facility clinically eligible. So these are people that are eligible because of physical, their physical condition for a nursing home, but they're trying to stay at home, which they now call aged home or growing old mm-hmm. at home or every state, every area has a different name for it. So those were the people right. that I was dealing with. But I wanted, I wanted to just comment on something that I don't know whether it was, I think it was Marty said, uh, the assistant director there, because um, they did everything they could to get rid of me, because uh, I, I exercised the over 60 age preference and Lehigh County preference for I live in this county. Uh, the assistant director there said, this is a direct quote, I will lie, cheat, steal anything I have to do to get my pension out of this place. And that is what I saw going on there the mistreatment and the abuse of the people that they were supposed to serve is shocking, just shocking. Now, I went in for an interview, and when I went in for an interview, they sent me home. Now, I have white hair, and um, at the time I was over 60, I'm now 83, so I've been fighting this for um, close to 20 years with... um, Mary Bush and others in Cos and others in Pennsylvania, with everybody turning a blind eye and a blind ear to what is going on here. So I was sent home in the middle of the sentence. And um, they said, oh, well, we don't have funds for the position. Um, Then they posted the position again. And when I contacted them, they didn't call me back. And they claimed that, um, that I hadn't responded and so I called the head of the Caesar Jobs Under Civil Service in Pennsylvania. I contacted the head of the Civil Service Commission at that time. and He was an activist in Philadelphia, and his name is Marwin Creedy, K-R-E-I-D-I-E. And um, he got them to hire me. Um, and that began a period of abuse directed at me and where I got to witness the kind of not care that they were delivering to the people in their charge. Wow. This is so sad. Um, Wow, Arlene. They probably didn't like you because you were not corrupt and you had a heart. Well, something called, well, something called integrity. So, so I, I, um, the first, the couple, the first couple of weeks with them giving me 
wrong instructions on how to access the case files in the computer, um, deliberately giving me um, wrong information on purpose. And then one day the supervisor sends me out to visit um, a client. Now, this person uh, was a World War II veteran and uh, had a caregiver 20 hours a week. Um, His wife had died. He was alone. And he was a stroke victim. And he slept in his his chair because he couldn't transfer uh, back and forth to the bed or back and forth to the toilet until the caregiver came in in the morning. And um, so I went out and visited with him. I have this in, in my PowerPoint. Uh, the names and the social security numbers and the Medicare numbers are all carefully redacted. That means, you know, that they're all crossed out so that mm-hmm. um, they could not be identified. He's deceased, but Mr. L. And um, he was taking four or five. What I noted uh, when I went out to visit him and checked his medications, checked to make sure there was food in his pantry, food in his refrigerator. Um, I noted that he was taking four or five extra strength aspirin a day. That's like 2,000 milligrams. Now, the correct dose for somebody using aspirin as a blood thinner is 81 milligrams. That's the baby aspirin. So I, that's all my notes that I recorded. This is in December. Later that month, the nurse goes out and pays a home visit, and she writes in her notes, which I reviewed, that she checked all medications. To my shock and dismay, when I go back out in March, he's still taking four or five extra strength aspirin a day. Oh, um, Wow. So uh, I said, let's call the doctor right now while I'm here, and we did. And the doctor said to him, you know, you have a, a you are a falling, not a falling person, but he is um, has frequent falls. And the doctor said to him, you could you could have bled to death taking that much um, aspirin a day. But meanwhile, this is checked by the nurse. She claimed she kept all medications, and three months later, I find out that what she wrote in her notes is not true. Um, and guess what? That is standard throughout the um, what I witnessed throughout the entire uh, operation at Lehigh County. So, Arlene, um, yes, yeah, the one thing you just made a very pertinent statement there. One thing I have noticed yeah. in all of the cases that we have dealt with and looked into and intervened in when possible is that these nurses are quite willing to uh, falsify reports to suit the agenda of the guardians and the attorneys uh-huh. and even sometimes the doctor in the hospital uh, if it's applicable. But they will well, do without hesitation. This was, this was to suit the director and I, well, in this case, it was just Casey's sister's standard mode of operation. They're just, um, God, I hate to say incompetent. They just don't do what you're supposed to do. What you're being no. paid good salaries to do, they just don't do it, Marty. Yeah. So they, yeah. And they just do 
whatever they feel like. The the person next to me, it's the second or third thing on the on the list when that you're supposed to do is check medications when you do a home visit. The person next to me says uh, his name was. Terry Wenz, he said, oh, well, I don't do it because I don't know what all those medicines are. Well, you know, first of all, they have the Internet, so they can look them up. Yeah, and uh, you can Google them. What's that? What's the cause say? Oh, I said, yeah, they can just Google them. Go- I mean, you just always Google medication. I Google well, them for my dog, they- even. Yeah. And they have a PDR, a, a physician desk reference there, which was, very outdated, but they just don't bother to do it uh, because they, you know, it's easier not to. So, um, uh, but I was shocked that, you know, when I saw that they are writing down things that are not claiming they're doing things that they didn't do. Um, do you want me to go on to more cases or? Yes, go ahead. Or, go ahead. All right. Well, I, and some of the caseworkers called people very um, um, demeaning terms based on their race or ethnicity. Uh, we have a large uh, Hispanic or Latino population in this area, and one of the care managers um, told me uh, the negative word that's used for Latino or Hispanic people, and that's what she called them. You know, not to their face, but um, so I had another client, uh, Mrs. E.C., that had a mastectomy. That means the breast was removed. And they asked the nurse when she was out there, since the nurse, since the agency, the Lehigh County Area Agency on Aging, was coordinating the care when the caregiver was in. And the nurse and the caregiver, according to medical assistance in Pennsylvania, could not be in the home at the same time. So Mrs. C. and her daughter asked uh, the nurse and the care manager to coordinate um, when the nurse would be there to do the wound care on the breast, having a whole breast removed. And uh, when the aide could be there, a home health aide, they're called the caregivers. And uh, I was to be away for a week at that time for my granddaughter's uh, bat mitzvah in Florida. So I gave my cases to the supervisor, to the nurse, and the supervisor was supposed to get the nurse in while I was away. Well, I came back from the bat mitzvah in Tampa, Florida, for my granddaughter, who's now, by the way, in OBGYN herself. She's a physician herself. Uh And uh, I come returned back to Lehigh County to find that um, there had been no nurse out there. Now, this wow. was like seven or ten days after the surgery because I, I was there in Florida more than just a couple of days, you know, because of transportation issues. So I come back to find that there's no nurse there, and she's laying in bed, lying in bed. She can't get to the bathroom. She has, um, the wound has reopened because there's been no wound here. And I go to the supervisor and say, well, I'd like to, you know, get the nurse in there. When I found out that there was no nurse there, the supervisor of this program, they call it waiver 
in um, Pennsylvania, W-A-I-V-E-R, said, I make the decisions here. You are not allowed to call the nurse. You can't get a nurse in there. I decided that she doesn't get a nurse at her home. The doctor had ordered the nursing care, and this person that has a degree in psychology from some school, I don't know, some college, went over the head of the doctor and wouldn't give her nursing care for the mastectomy. She laid in bed Uh, for 40 days, for 40 days before this supervisor, I'll name her, Judith Mulwiney, M-A-W-H-I-N-N-E-Y, threatened me that if I called the doctor or called Medicaid or Medicare to get a nurse in there, that I would be fired on the spot because I would be disobeying orders. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's just two of the cases. Oh my gosh, like how do you I mean, how Arlene, how do you how do you go on and keep working when you know I mean, you're giving better care than anybody and you have a heart and you're caring for people. How do you deal with that? Like I, I what did you do when they told you you can't make these phone calls and you're watching well, I, someone suffering? Oh my gosh. Well, I know. It was it was very difficult. I kept going back every day and asking her for permission to get a nurse in there to take care of her. Uh, and she kept saying no. I went to the assistant director who's a nurse, uh, a master's in nursing, and she says, go ask your supervisor. So they knew very well what they were doing because I was over 60 yeah. and they wanted somebody younger or somebody that they knew would follow this um, abuse the protocol. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They're they not do what they're supposed to do. They wanted. To, by the way, I have nurses training from hospital at the University of Pennsylvania in in the United States. I also have a master's in public health, by the way. So um, wow. So this is the kind of treatment that they were doling out to people who are trying to stay out of nursing homes. This is like standard practice for them to do this. Jiminy. Reverend, what's your thoughts yeah. on all of this? Yeah. Well, it's typical of bureaucracy. I mean, everybody's in it. They know they can't get fired, so it's the perfect job for incompetent or corrupt people. And this is what's going to happen uh, why conservatives hate government, because the government is not the solution. It's the problem. And it's everybody covering their rear end. I, I had given your, up on the uh, on the political right-left versus, you know, who loves God, who doesn't uh, thing. Uh, having been in D.C. a number of times, uh, it becomes, and I was told before I ever went out there the first time, what you're going to find when you get out here is there is no difference between these parties. It's just how they arrange things for public consumption. They're all after the same thing, whatever that is at the moment. And I found that I'm to be 50, true. Go ahead. I was a 50-year liberal, Marty. I am not No, anymore. I'm not. I'm not a liberal. I, was, I, I am not no, either. I am. I'm politically atheist. Yeah, I'm I a political a 50, atheist. Yeah. I was a 50-year liberal. I am not no. any longer. 
No, I'm not a liberal. I'm not a conservative. I'm not a libertarian. I just absolutely do not indulge in that because it does us a disservice. Nobody is all one thing or the other. Correct. Um, You can't be. And and in any subject, I take the topic, research it, whether that falls left or right on my opinion and conclusion to it, it it doesn't make a damn to me one way or the other. Um, I, I don't... I don't get into politics thing, and I it just I don't know even what people mean when they say, "Oh, I'm a liberal." Oh, I'm a conservative. I really don't know what you mean um, because you can't be all one or the other. You you just can't be. But I was a bit Marty. I was a liberal and helped yeah. create my, myself and my cohorts um, helped create this. Um, this aging department in Pennsylvania, I worked for a former governor, Milton Schaaf, uh-huh. who signed the Department of Aging into law. And I worked for Governor Milton Schaaf, and he signed this um, Department of Aging into law. And okay. it's mine and my cohort's um, creation. Okay. And now wow. I'm doing everything I can to shine a light on what's going on there. Yeah. I, I don't know, Arlene. We've spent a couple thousand hours on air. Have traveled around the country, been to D.C., contacted all these agencies and everything else. But it all starts and stops in the state, and that's what you're highlighting this evening. This is all a construct of the state. So, however, this is playing out. It is the state who is responsible and the agencies therein. And correct. All the way up, and maybe you think I'm wrong, but all the way up to the government are responsible for this. Correct. And yet they claim not to know anything. They didn't know. Nobody told them. They didn't know anything. Well, you're you're taking it wrong. You're you're not understanding. Well, they, uh, they do know. They do. They do know because I have written to them, faxed um, symptom letters, certified return receipt requested. I've seen my state senator. I've seen my state representative. Yep. Um, I've uh, traveled half of this state or part of half of this state, meeting with state senators, meeting with state representatives, and they just look at you and ignore you because yes. they're busy um, collecting money from their donors yes. to um, run for the next election. And some of their biggest donors, Arlene, are the Bar Association, the National Guardianship Association, this Guardianship Association in your state. Uh, the College of Probate Judges, uh, other interested parties who stand to profit if the system stays like it is. And Correct. you can see this jump in these donations every time one of these, there's an attempt to get a bill out to control it. Um, and suddenly Correct. everything falls apart. But well, yeah. I, used to pu- I used to publish regularly on my Facebook page. I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. I got a little worn out. I used to publish the... Um, the expense reports of my state senator and state representative and where they were getting their money from. Wow. I used to put wow, an Excel wow. spreadsheet on my Facebook page uh, to where the state senator, my state senator was in charge of appropriations, Pat Brown. And what Pat Brown told me is I wrote a letter that was his response to this abuse. Wow. Good heavens. 
So where do we so, go from um, here, Arlene? What are your thoughts? And, and Reverend, you chime in here too. I want to hear what you think. I wish okay. I knew, Marty. Yeah. My other granddaughter, the social worker, I, I hope she's listening in. Let's give you a shout out also, Nicole. Um, says, Mom, Mom, it takes a long time to change things. I said, told her, uh, sweetheart, I've been working on this for 20 years. So, um, you know, Arlene, let me intercede here. I have heard that same thing. It, it takes time. It takes a lot of time. We started wars mm-hmm. on three lies and a dime. And you're telling That's me correct. we can't stop this? Of course we can. We can't stop this? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we can. Well, we're we're still fighting here in Pennsylvania. Um, oh, Mary yeah. Bush, Mary Bush and I met with um, the current head of the House um, Aging Committee, and he seemed to not know um, a lot of the things that were going on. So because when they meet with the lawyers and judges instead of with the people who are actually affected by what is happening yes. here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have, Marty, I have the list of the laws that are currently in play that Mary Bush okay. sent over. So that I'm going to, okay. I'm going to switch it over and read it to you. Sure. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. And so this is all Mary's research. We have this bill was introduced by a Hicker now and Arlene and Reverend, let me know if you knew who these people are, because I'm living in Wisconsin, so I don't know all these names. What county, what we, county is he from? Does it say? I'm not sure. from? It, it okay. just says Hicker now. And, okay. he, and it's bill HB 422. Create a statewide database of long-term care facility applicants and employees to track any criminal or civil convictions for abuse, neglect, and exploitation. Um, it doesn't sound awful, but there's one that's going to be voted on soon. Here's another one. This is from DC, D-E-A-S-Y. We have HB 574. Okay, this one, oh, Marty, take your blood pressure medication because wait till I read this one to you. Okay. (laughs) Ready? Expands the the current civil prosecution capability of the Department of Aging and their area agency on aging and adult protective services to specifically target durable power of attorney agents and family members. Outrageous. Uh, Yeah. 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 And it goes along with this one which is um, being introduced by Day, and it's HB 1430. <clears throat> this one, it looks like it's going to partner with the one I just read. Okay, ready, everyone? Um, yep. Keep the blood pressure down because this one's going to knock your socks off. <laughs> Expand, expands the ability for the Department of Aging and their area agency on aging and adult protective services to civilly prosecute family members for accused criminal activity without law enforcement involvement allows the Department of Aging through APS to accuse and prosecute civilly and have the AAA assume the estate and ward via adult guardianship all through uh-huh. Pennsylvania Orphan Court system. So basically, no, oh, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. 
Yeah. It is. With, without law enforcement involvement. That way yeah. they can, like, take your property away from you and throw you in a nursing home. Right. Yeah, no jury wow. of your peers. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? The attholes are going to have, I mean, they are, uh, they're going to just celebrate oh. this passage. Can you imagine Even having this kind of power, the attholes having this kind of power? They won't okay, have oh. this kind of power in Pennsylvania. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here's another one. This is, yeah. yeah, and this is another one, this day guy. HB 1356, increase Medicaid pay for professional guardians to $300 a month per ward. So if you're like Absolutely. a Carol Hershey who has, how many hundreds of wards does she have? She's just going to get 300 bucks. 300 yeah. bucks a month funded, each one. Funded by taxpayers. Funded by taxpayers in addition to what she mm-hmm. Funded from by taxpayers, and they don't even go see the words. They just see the paperwork. No. Yep. 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 Hold on yep. for everybody. We have got a caller that's waving at me here. Code okay. 610, uh-huh. did you have a question or comment? Is that me, Marty? Yes, I think Hello? so. <laughs> oh, hi, yes. Elaine. Elaine. Hey, yeah, Elaine. Oh, hi, Elaine. Hi, how are you doing? Well, yeah, good, good luck getting any kind of uh, laws that will help the um, the people because I tried getting legislation for different things. Oh, my gosh, they give me the same excuse, like what Arlene said, 20 years you work on something. But I find it interesting when all that COVID was going on, you know, they got put all kinds of stuff pushed through real fast. I mean, yeah. the whole thing's all said and done now, and all, everyone got whatever they wanted with pushing through different laws and so forth and all the fraud that was involved with that. So it is really impossible, but I find it fascinating that they want to push a law through that they can actually, uh, you know, attack the family members when the problem yeah. here is the uh, government people. And this fraud. Oh, wow. I feel like we're under siege by um, the government. It's like that old kleptocracy I talked about. The fraud is so so rampant, and I don't – I live in Pennsylvania, so I can't speak, you know, uh, with any actual experience from another state, but the fraud is so rampant. It's in all areas in the government. It's horrible. I mean, even in the public assistance, like if you go for food stamps and things like that, the employees there, there's fraud there, the bureaucrats running it. It is incredible how much stealing, thievery, the the deliberate mismanagement of programs and the misappropriation of government funds. And what's going on in Pennsylvania is incredible because have all kinds of monies from different areas, okay? federal government, they're all supposed to be in different categories. Well, they don't care. They put the whole thing in a big pot and divvy it up the way they want to where they want, and it's not being appropriated where it should be. But this this is horrible, and, you know, I don't know how bad it is in the other states, but, um, you know, I'm so sympathetic to these people who are really directly suffering. You already know that, you know, they tried to attack me with the guardianship through yeah. – in the divorce have, proceedings. Who is, who is this speaking? Oh, I'm Elaine Mickman. I live in Montgomery County. I know of Reverend yeah. Ralph. And by the way, Reverend Ralph, is, if he's, I, I'm guessing he's listening. Yeah. I just want to put this out for him and for any other ones listening. I'm just letting him know. I'm putting my book 
on a free ebook promotion next week. So August 10th and 11th, if you want to jot on your calendar, August 10th and 11th, you can go to Amazon and you can go get the book for free. It will like, it might look like it'll say like 4.99 for the ebook, but then they have a it's crossed out and it'll say zero. So uh, Reverend Ralph, mm-hmm. if you want to go get, it's called Court Gate. The court's divorcing law, so anyone it only it only talks yeah, about the guardianship a, a small amount because yeah it doesn't get into excessive with the guardianship, but it doesn't. It's an excellent that. book. Well, <laughs> it's it's yeah. my experiences and it's all facts. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm yeah, not I'm not a professional journalist, but yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying I don't I don't know what to do, but um, I don't know I how this is. Yeah, we just keep exposing everything and everyone tuning in and listening to what is going on in this state. You know, I live in Wisconsin and we're not perfect by any means, but the amount of the amount of fraud and corruption and everything that I hear going on in Pennsylvania, we don't hear about stuff like that over here. I know of three guardianship cases in Wisconsin that are, you know, currently ongoing. That's it, three in the whole state. It's it's you know they rotate the judges and stuff, but enough about Wisconsin. They definitely we definitely expose them when we have to. I have a few more of these bills that you know we're gonna have to. Yeah. We had a breather. Are we ready to hear a few more? Sure. Okay, okay. This one, this one is um, this is shocking. This is a Hennessy guy. I remember people were calling him a few years ago. He acted like well, he, he cared. Used be, well, he used to be he the does. chair of the committee. Cause. Mm, Okay. He's so here's one. Okay, here's what he wants to introduce to the citizens of Pennsylvania. HB 1681, expand the area agency on aging's ability to civilly convict family members and gain adult guardianship of an alleged incapacitated person via the orphan's court system. So that sounds like that's going to work hand-in-hand with the one that Day is putting in, where they can basically prosecute you through orphan's court. So we can definitely see how things are going to start to go. And I have two more that Mary has sent to us that that we are so grateful that she is on the ball and keeping us abreast of these things that have to do with guardianship. Here's another one. This is Gillen. HB 1890 requires state and federal criminal background checks on all nominated professional guardians. Should also include mandatory credit and civil litigation history checks. 99% of all attorney and professional guardians' nefarious activity is deferred to the civil courts by law enforcement. That one sounds good. Maybe we need to call this Gillen guy and see what's going on. Because I thought that one sounded good. But now here's another one. This is this day guy again. HB one nine two eight. Day is day is the current chairman of the House Aging okay. Committee in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. So he introduced one where he wants you to be prosecuted in in orphans court. That's lovely. Okay, here's <laughs> another one he's putting out there. Mandated respondent counsel. Um, it's a great idea, but the bill failed. Oh wait, oh I think these are Mary's notes. It's a great idea, but the bill fails to designate a civil rights, ADA rights, third-party nominator, or to ensure council funding comes from other than the estate of the proposed ward. So that is, no, that looks like it's a separate bill on that 
on that one that Mary had sent me. So this day guy really wants to give Orphan's Court some more power to civil, civil prosecutions to go up against the family. I can see how the atholes are going to use this. They're going to love it. This is a great new tool in their toolbox. It's really disgusting. But I think the people of Pennsylvania, especially the fact that now, correct me if I'm wrong, is Pennsylvania still about a third of the population elderly? Yes. Is, okay. That's a, that's a lot of targets for them to go after. And you definitely have some wealth in Pennsylvania. You have some, correct. you know, bigger cities there where, you know, there's some wealthy people, the headquarters of Vanguard, so they're going to, you know, invest all the money and um, – I think that's near Montgomery County, their headquarters there. So they know how to go and uh, grab some money in this state. Not saying that Vanguard is part of it, but they definitely, I know I saw in a will contest that um, the judge ordered Vanguard to change the beneficiaries and Vanguard didn't, didn't Vanguard um, went along with it. So I have the, um, I have the court records to prove that what I just said. Um, so yeah. Uh, um Reverend, what what do you think about all the hearing about what's going on in your state, and especially you're a reverend at a church and you visit elderly loved people? How, what does this make you think about hearing all this? Well, it's, it's a tragedy. It really is because you have the elderly, and I do visit these homes, and I see what kind of condition they're in, and it's basically they're just uh, – taking what's given to them, I mean, as far as food or just plopping them down in front of a TV for the day or so forth. They've given up the fight, which is a shame, and they accept the end. But their loved ones, uh, you know, they're the ones that have been broken by the system. They've given everything they can as far as their savings. They've done everything they possibly can. But the common denominator in all of this corruption is lawyers. And this yeah. nation, and Marty and Kaz, you are aware that uh, certain people are listening in on this radio program because they want to find out who is speaking yeah. and basically to yeah. target those people. So, yeah. again, your program is so well regarded that the enemies uh, that are actually doing this corruption – they're listening to see who's going to try to take their little power away from them and maybe take their income. But it's, again, it's the lawyers. They're the players. They know the rules. And if the rules don't suit them, they will make up new rules. And yes, exactly. the, average, yes. the average lawyer is charging around 325 to 350 an hour with no accounting of billing hours. And no. again, it, it, it's it's disgusting when uh, the you know if the guardian is sued, he just takes more of the money to pay for his lawyer bills. <laughs> now, there's oh yeah, a, there's a situation yeah. now. There's a situation now that I'm familiar with. <clears throat> there's a situation now where uh, a, a guardian, a woman, was appointed as a guardian for somebody. And she was promoted by a certain lawyer who is well-known, and again, I'm not going to say the name for obvious reasons, and he promoted this woman to be the guardian of this elderly person, and 
her husband just happens to be a lawyer who's friends of the lawyer that promoted this woman. So you've got wow. the woman as the guardian. She's not important. It's the lawyer that gets more money. So every time she talks to him, you're getting billed twice. The guard, you know, oh, the, yeah. el- the ward is getting billed twice. So it's 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 basically, it's almost laughable if it wasn't so disgusting. The fact that uh, it was the lawyer that the other lawyer was actually promoting because he can charge more for uh, any type of so-called service. So, and again, yes, I've heard of that. Ca- I I heard of that case. I am aware of that. I dealt with the, with one of the same lawyers when when we were in court. He's an hole. Um, just these are wicked, wicked attorneys. There's so many. There's so many examples of that one attorney that you're talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and, what's and, interesting- and that attorney, Reverend. Guess what that attorney does? He listens what? to this show because I've seen the bills. He listens right. to the show, and someone is like transcribing it. And then he uses it to attack guests that come on these shows if they're from Montgomery County. Yeah. Who is this lawyer? That what? What is this lawyer's name? Um, David Jaskowiak. Okay, thank you. Yeah, he's a lawyer. I I wasn't planning. I have a grandson that's um, a lawyer, so not all lawyers are bad. um, You know what? you are Wait right about that. Let me finish the sentence, please. Okay. The uh, director of the agency where they gave me this runaround was a lawyer. Now, he got fired. Uh, really? And then they, then they, yes. He got fired. He was, it was in a, the, the directors of these agencies, these are appointed positions. So they're plum patronage positions for um Friends of the county executives in Pennsylvania that run these uh, pen, these AAAs, the area agencies on aging in Pennsylvania. So these are patronage positions that they have for whatever political or money or whatever they did to be appointed the director of an agency. It has nothing wow. to do with qualifications or anything else. So <laughs> the director. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, who who's in on with who? You know, here's a here's an interesting case that I'd love to share. So this happened in Montgomery County, and there's a guardian, um, a, the nefarious guardian Deb Claude was was being assigned to this man's to this man's mother that I knew. Well, this man's son was an attorney, and he had read. The articles that were that were written by um, there's some articles at Rebel Pundit that were written by Michael Volpe, Guardian Abuse Spreads to Pennsylvania, Part One, Part Two, and Part Three, and the Wittens. Then our story that was Part Two. So anyway, and we and we had to deal with Deb Clock. So everyone can Google that article and read all about it. And so he goes to court, and he had Judge Ott, you know, King Otto, and he brings these articles that were written, and there's another article that was written about her in the Pocono Times, and he brings some testimony that he had gotten from some of the other people. So his son's an attorney, and his son isn't even like a guardianship attorney. Anyway, the minute that he brings all this stuff, guess what? 
Debcock is no longer the guardian. Done, gone, because they didn't want to put any of this stuff in the court records. It was just done and over. It was done. And I just find, you know, anyone listening, and I can, if you would like people to come testify and you're dealing with any of the certain holes, you can read the names over at Shenanigans in Montgomery County Facebook page, or if you're in some of the other counties, and we know some people who are in these counties, there are people who would be willing to testify to the fact of what they actually think of the certain attorney or the guardian and you know, put that kind of stuff in the court record, I think there's definitely more and more people who know each other. So definitely there's a network of people who would, you know, testify about the guardians. Now, the judges aren't going to want that kind of stuff to go on. What do you think about that, Reverend? Well, something that I have learned is the fact that when you go uh, to hire a guardian, you're assuming the guardian is going to do the work. But the scam that we have all known about is the fact to the unknowing that when that guardian is picked by the family, they don't realize that the guardian is going to start hiring his own lawyer at the ward's expense and then hire a so-called care manager at the ward's expense. And you have to – and then, again, who knows how many other people that they can hire. Now, it it, it just – People are led to believe that when you hire a guardian, that person, whether it's guardian of the person or guardian of the state, the -hmm. person is led to believe that the guardian is going to do the work. But what you end up getting is like four or five blood-sucking leeches, as I call them, uh, all sucking the blood of the bank account, and if you sue them, well, then they're going to use their lawyer to rack up the billing hours again of the yeah. guard of the ward's bank account it's exactly. again it's it's all about the lawyers the lawyers are the ones that are at the center of this corruption they know what's going on but when you dangle money in front of somebody I, you know i wouldn't give i wouldn't give a pass to the judges though because the judges are the one ultimately allowing all this to happen oh well, i you agree for, i agree for totally. example yeah for example judge stanley ott that and you know and I have the court record what I'm about to say I have a court record to back up what I'm about to say because I know that they're listening and probably you know writing all this down ferociously like oh who can we who can we make miserable today but anyway so Diane Zabowski is cross-examining Deb Clock and we were complaining that Harvey didn't have eyeglasses hearing aids or his dentures Things that I think are pretty important. Does everyone, everyone listening, do you like having, being able to hear, see, and eat? I, I, kind of a human necessity. Anyway, Diane Sabowski says to Deb Clark, we're concerned about hearing aids, glasses, and teeth, but you're concerned with the more important things. And Judge Ott is sitting here listening to that, thinking, yes, she is more concerned with the more important things because he left her as the guardian. I'm still waiting to find out what are more, what's more important than your eyeglasses, your hearing aids, and your teeth. Does anybody, like, I don't know, what's that game Family Feud? I want that to be, what's more important? I want to see, and survey says, because what is that answer? What's the answer? Does anyone have an answer what's more important? that they are possibly focusing on, what is it? 
this is Reverend Ralph. But that's uh, how, yeah. It, it's the the fact is that the scene, those three things are vital to a person's psychological well-being. Because if yes. you can't see a newspaper, if you can't see a TV, you're just in oblivion. And if you can't eat, yeah. all you're doing is just, what, eating applesauce every day? Uh, again, those <laughs> yeah. three things are vital for the psychological well-being. And you can torture somebody just through denying them the basics that they've been used to all their lives. Yeah. I, I well, mean, this whole thing is, is predicated yeah. upon torture-based bonding. And we've seen that in many cases. Uh, uh, torture, of course, is, I believe, number three on the uh, UN's human rights violations on uh, on torture. And it's one of the worst things you can do to a human being. You take an elderly person and restrict them from seeing their family, their friends, their religious associations, just from having general conversations, and they start to wither. They start to withdraw, and things in their mind wanders and they deteriorate very quickly and the whole time they're doing this to them if the guardian does show up or call them what they do is um tell them you know there's nobody there do you see anybody there i'm the only one that cares about you you better do what i want if you don't don't if you don't do what i tell you i won't come around and then you'll be totally alone and um, they'll keep doing this and doing this to them threatening them in all this way and all this stuff about taking their glasses dentures hearing aids uh isolating them in this room is dehumanizing it is a it is a planned effort to take everything away from these people that makes them a human being and they i say they wither especially the elderly but it's equally as hard on the young um but there the connections aren't as strong there as they are with the elderly and I just want you, everybody listening, we have a huge crowd again tonight. I want you just to think about being stuffed in a room in a facility you didn't want to be in, having no company, no conversation, no human contact of any consequence other than these antagonistic nurses and whomever else. What do you think your response would be? And nobody comes to rescue you. If they try to, they get arrested. What? What do you think the, Rever- the mindset is? Go ahead. This is Reverend Ralph. Yeah. Uh, it's the fact that you know it's well known that you can kick a dog just so many times, and the dog just won't care anymore. It just just lays there. It has given up. And when I see these people in the so-called activities room, where they just you know, push them into their, in their wheelchairs or gurneys or so, and they have a TV that's on. 90% of the time they're sound asleep. It's just basically they're existing. And the nursing home, uh, their responsibility is to take care of these people. But they're only looking at the bottom line, the, the dollar. And it's a lot less expensive just to have people plopped in front of a TV than obviously than to work with them and keep their muscles going and so forth. I know of one case where the person hasn't been outside for a year, not for a year, and no, no physical activity. Well, I like to find a doctor that says no exercise for an elderly person is a good thing. I mean, doctors are advocating exercise all the time for everybody, not just the young. And this is something where, to me, again, that's, 
that's abuse or elder, you know, elder abuse just because you're not doing what they're in there for. They're, the nursing homes are taking responsibility or have taken responsibility of that person, and yet they're totally ignoring what the person is there for, which is keeping them uh, as a human being, keeping them fit, keeping them as active as possible. So, you know, it, it's a situation where, uh, and Marty, you were just talking about, you know, the dentures and the eyeglasses and so forth. I know of cases where when people want to call their loved ones, the staff tells them the phone's not working. So it's just a matter of deliberately lying because it's just too much trouble for the staff to dial the phone and let them have it. Uh, and, again, I've never seen a, a, a nursing home that has phones in the room or even uh, these medical alert necklaces. So it's like if somebody falls in their room, nobody's going to ever know it until somebody comes in to tell them, you know, breakfast, lunch, or dinner is uh, ready for them. But, it, again, it's basically a POW camp. Uh, again, p- prisoners of war, they have the, uh, you know, the Geneva Convention that has, gives them certain rights. The elderly, they got no rights anymore, and everybody is just protecting their job by not reporting anything because they don't want to lose the job, even no matter how little of a salary they get. Uh, one of mm-hmm. the things I have found that works best is exposure. Uh, by going to the news media uh, or publicizing in some way, like my website, protectmyparents.us, this ticks them off more than anything. When they see their names on it, when they see their oh, yeah. contact information where people can call them up and give them hell, this is something that has been shown, for example, the January 6th at the Capitol situation. What, what ticked off a lot of people was the fact they felt threatened. They saw that the people were not going to take their crap anymore, and they were, they were afraid for their lives and health. And this is what the one good thing that came out of it. Just like I think it was Ben Franklin that said, uh, if you have um, uh, about protecting, you know, the freedom when people uh, don't have freedom, you have tyranny, uh, and this is basically what it comes down to. Uh, now, also, what goes along with this, as far as isolating them, is the Eighth Amendment, which prohibits cruel and unusual punishment. So if you keep these people away from their families and denied phone calls and denied glasses or visiting time, this, again, has to be considered a violation of the Eighth Amendment because these people have a right to be treated as a human being, not just a a piece of merchandise on the shelf. So it's something where, again, I've heard the horror stories, and it is so sad that you know, that people, husbands or wives who have been married 30, 40 years, they're only allowed to see their spouse for an hour a week or two hours a week or so. Again, it's, I, I applaud people for keeping their sanity, uh, you know, the uh, relatives of these people, because, you know, it's just yeah. too easy to lash out and just say nuts to you and, you know, do something physical uh, to that, you know, the guardian. Because, again, it's just tormenting these people and it's just dangling a little you know a carrot in front of them saying if you're not nice to me i'm not going to let you see your mother or your father or your husband or your wife and that is the sickest of the kind of people 
I mean, you read stories about criminals that torture people before they kill them. I mean, what's the difference between these guardians that do that or the criminal that tortures somebody before they kill them just for the fun of it? There is no difference. Yeah. They're, they're not just criminals. I, they are animals. Reverend Ralph, I'd like to add something in there, if you don't mind. Sure, I sure. I witnessed this not just by the guardians, but by the care managers and the nurses uh, that are working directly for the AAA in Lehigh County. <laughs> what witness did it, I mean, I could go give you another half a dozen cases. I had 40 cases, and I could uh, call out 35 abuses in a row, uh, if you'd like me to give you another example. Sure. Okay. Um, I had another World War II veteran. He had both legs amputated. And the prosthetic, um, that's the leg, you know, the artificial leg, uh, one of them didn't fit right. So he was in his wheelchair. He wasn't getting out of his wheelchair. And because uh, the leg had all blisters on the, on the stump. And I was out at the home and saw it. And um, he needed another fitting of the prosthesis. It wasn't properly fitting his leg. And the waiver supervisor and the nurse um, and the assistant director and the director would not allow it for him to get this is somebody at home that to get to see the um the prostodontist that's the one i'm not saying that correct i'm sorry uh to get a a proper prosthetic uh on his leg and what they told him is put a sock on it you know where the blisters were on the stump they told him put a sock on it and put the prosthetic leg on that didn't fit correctly and they denied him seeing a specialist to get the prosthesis corrected. Well, okay, hold up, everybody. We got a caller on here from area code. Okay, you're live and on the air. Do you have a question or comment? Hello, I heard a loud beeper. Was that for area code 616? Yes. Yes. Hi, this is uh, Holly from uh, Michigan. Um, About three weeks ago, um, the hospital called uh, me. I'm not the guardian of my daughter anymore. She was taken from me. Um, Hospital called and wanted information. And I went down there and stayed with her the whole time. The hospital where she was at had no information about a guardian except me. No guardian showed up except me. There was no information, no um, drugs. They dropped her off at the front door of the hospital in Grand Rapids Um, because they said they couldn't feed her anymore because her G-tube wasn't working anymore. They dropped her off, and so they hadn't fed her for three or four days, Uh, no fluids and no food, and so she was severely dehydrated. But no one came with her. The ambulance just dropped her off. Period. So they called me. But they had no information about any guardian. They only had what information I gave them from years ago. They had me down as a mom. They had her brother who lives in Utah as a secondary and my, my sister as another secondary. But they had nobody else. No information was given about anything at all. Nothing whatsoever. 
So I oh was dancing God. around to figure out how to answer the questions without getting myself in trouble, saying this is what I've done in the past, this is what's happened, this is what I do. Um, so I kept getting called and called and questioned, questioned, and, of course, I went down there and just stayed with her. And, of course, now she's back in the home because they transferred her back there. But they called me first to get permission to bill Medicaid. But I'm not the guardian, and they had no information about a guardian, only me. Wow. So this is what's happening. Um, okay, people are talking about nurses and aides and stuff like that. I don't know how many people have actually worked in a home or worked in a care facility, but I, 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 will, I will tell you right now about the care facility. Okay, um, we there's barely any nurses, maybe one nurse to 15 patients, um, and maybe one nurse to 30 patients. All they, all they do is get uh, the higher uh, meds out of the door and hand them out. That's it. But everybody okay. else is going to be a C1A or a and You know, some of them are there just passing through, but most of them are extremely low quality, and you only have enough time to do what you're supposed to do. So to to go on that whole thing about the nurses can do this, the nurses can do that, <laughs> there are no nurses in those places. And even if they were a nurse, like even in a hospital, they can't do that stuff. If you've had a person who's disabled and you've been taking care of them for a long time, there's a huge process to go through getting a prosthetic or anything, any of it. Nothing. I mean, wow. you have to go through the position to get this and this and that. Anyways, that's my second statement. My third thing is that it seems like there's such a huge disrespect for disabled and elderly going on right now. I don't know why. Um, there's an extreme overdiagnosis of dementia. Um, extreme. I mean, you blink wrong, you do anything wrong, you're not allowed to have relationships, you know, you're not supposed to have sex with anybody. I mean, God forbid. Um, everybody's watching your bank account to make sure that you don't, like, uh, take out the wrong amount or give somebody some money. Apparently that's against the law now because if, God forbid, an elderly person does that now, therefore they have dementia and someone's abusing them. So yeah. it's gotten to the, the and then to this point where yeah, everybody's supposed to be separated, families aren't supposed to be together anymore. But I will have to say that my generation, which might be the same as your generation, we've been way too compliant. People yes. before us Correct. fought for our rights. They fought for our rights. But I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't matter how many times you go to court. I mean, I'm in the process of putting a QTAM together, and it's getting the, almost to the close where I think they're going to come in and investigate. But I'm going to tell you right now, these people don't care what laws they broke. Judges don't care. They don't care. if You can go to court as many times as you want till you're blue in the face because they know they absolutely know without a doubt that no one's going to do anything about it. So it doesn't matter. The only thing that's ever stopped anybody from doing anything was a baseball bat. That's it. We marched and we marched and we marched. Women got beat. Black people got beat up. White people have gotten beat up to get their rights across. And then the law goes into effect. But all, Correct, everybody yeah. keeps thinking that you're supposed to go to court and do this and do that or make another bill. <laughs> it's not going to happen until after you take the baseball bat to them. 
And I that because they know they're bullies. They know no one's going to do anything. It doesn't matter if it's against the law. They know no one's going to do anything. Someone can take Ebola, walk in a nursing home, and put a bullet in someone's head. No one's going to do anything about it unless someone actually reports it and makes a big deal out of it. That disabled person in Arizona who popped a baby out, the only reason why that, that was taken care of because the nurse called 911 because there was actually a real live nine-month-old baby there. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I just, I'm so frustrated. Um, well, what you know, and I'm sure you are. You've been doing this for a long time, but I, I just, and when I got called to go down to the hospital, and there's absolutely no information, but I'm supposed to bend over and spread my butt to the judge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. Oh, this is, yes. this is Reverend, this is Reverend Ralph. Uh, to the lady that's been speaking, oh, you deserve medals. You yeah. You hit it on the head. You hit it on the head exactly as far as you have to be afraid if you're over 60 or something of doing something because they'll label you, de- you know, demented or incapacitated, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I agree, I agree with you a thousand percent. Because to. Oh, can't have sex, can't go on dates, can't dance, can't take money out of the bank. They're watching you to make sure you don't have dementia. That's exactly How disrespectful. I mean that's Jeez. age discri- that's age discrimination uh and the fact that if somebody who's 45 loses their car keys oh well everybody loses things but if you're 70 oh no you got dementia and somebody you better start taking well. care of you you know but it's not funny this is real that's yeah. right. It is very real. You should be very, very afraid because the banks right now, they're putting bills, like in Michigan right now, they got a bill in fact that if you're over the age of, I think this is 63, the banks are watching um, where you spend your money. I mean, they're not calling you and saying, hey, there was this weird thing that was taken out of your card and it's from China. That's not what they're doing. They're literally making sure if you spend 200 bucks and you want to go get something, oh, my God, she's got dementia. She shouldn't be doing that. We need to take everything over. So that's exactly what's going on right now, and it's real. It's very real. So I would, uh, everybody that's on this show, I would suggest very strongly you be afraid because they're yeah. watching for any signs that you, and this, this word dementia used to be able to have to diagnose that or Alzheimer's. You couldn't even do that without an MRI. But now right. it's like anything and everything is dementia. You walk around, yes. you, you you get lost in your car, which, hey, I was doing that when I was 20. Um, <laughs> driving around someplace. Yeah, but now, oh, you have dementia. So yep. I would think be very how, how old is our caller from Michigan? Me? I'm 63. Yeah. How and old? my daughter is 28. She's very disabled. How old are you? 63. 63, 5'3". Okay. This is Reverend Ralph. Uh, once again, this caller is just, she is so right on the mark. Uh, it's, I, I want to mention two things as far as what goes on at nursing homes and so forth. It's most important that you get evidence. 
take pictures, take videotape to document, because otherwise you're going to be called a liar, and they're going to uh, take out. Oh, uh, we got crap loads of pictures, and then good. that's when they told me that I couldn't come back anymore. But that's why I'm putting my uh-huh. evidence together, and it will be a while, and it costs a crap load of money to put all this stuff to do this stupid lawsuit, but I'm just trying to veer away from going to probate court and doing anything with those people and going straight to the feds. And I don't even know if that's going to work. But, uh, yeah. oh, and actually NWACP is actually going to help. And they're trying to get oh. Ben Crumb to do it. And I know a lot oh, of people say, great. oh, a black person, a black person. Yeah, well, I don't care. You use what you got. Well, yeah, you yes, use what you got. If they're going to stand up and they're going to try to get Emily out of it and see what's going to happen, guess what? I'm 100% in. So um, I have more respect to these people marching and trying to get their rights than I do. But anyway, thank you for letting me rant. (laughs) You bet. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, We've got another caller on it. We've only got about 10 minutes left here. Uh, Area code 773, you have a question or a comment? Yes, hello, this is Aldona Kumpin. Uh, I would like to add it to today's uh, uh, conversation about the banks. I went to bank today, and they closed my account because I, I didn't use it. So uh, I said, let's go open a new one. And when they started asking me questions, oh, we got to check your history in the back and i said i don't want to take loan from you i need open account to do uh, some small business and uh, so she said i'm sorry i can open account for you i want to know your history of the banking and so i said you know what i don't want to do business with you i walked out uh, so wow. when i finally what did she wow. i went to bank and I couldn't, they closed my account because I wasn't using. So I but was in the system. What did they want to know to open it? What were they asking so, you to open it? So they asked me, we got to see uh, if I'm allowing them to see uh, my history of the banking, if I'm allowing to... To, to check, and I said, no, I'm not allowing you to check my history. And, it, and, uh, and I said, I don't want to take loan from you. So, uh, so I said, why do you want to check my uh, history? I want to open account. So she right. said, I'm sorry, we, we can open account for you. So I said, okay, so I'm going somewhere else. I'm not going to do business with you. So because wow. we're talking about control of the banks, so I, not yeah. because my mom died under guardianship and I know what they're doing, and I started thinking why they want to do control and see my uh, my accounting uh, in the past with banks. Yep. Uh, it's not necessary. I don't want to buy a house. I uh, I want to open account and put money in. Yeah. What's so I want a house. This yeah. is Reverend wow. Ralph. This what is Reverend Ralph. What state are you in? The, what uh, state are you in? I'm, I'm in I'm in I'm in Illinois. I'm, I basically live um, in Illinois, Illinois and Iowa Iowa borderline. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Th- this Did is Reverend Ralph. Thank you okay, for a wonderful show. Thank you, Eldona. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, this is Reverend <laughs> Ralph. Uh, yeah. Two points I wanted to make before we run out of time. Uh, number one, uh, the fact that I have found a couple years ago that if you're involved in any type of legal action and it involves your bank, that bank can deduct the bare cost from your account. And, and again, this is in Pennsylvania. Well, again, I don't know how you know how far that policy spreads around the United States, but this is a fact that. And I have a letter from a particular bank when certain money, thousands of dollars, were taken out of it by the bank, and I called up and they said, "Well, when we're involved, when you open an account, you have to sign all these papers and the little fine print that nobody bothers reading." That's what it says. That the bank, if they are, if they have to use their uh, lawyers on your matter, they can deduct that from your bank account. That's number one. Number two, for anybody that believes their person is being drugged in these nursing homes, uh, I ha- I was I found out that there are places where you can take a hair sample. And they can do an analysis of that hair that dates back three months to find out what chemicals uh, are being given to that person, which I never really thought of that before. So if a person's personality starts to change or they're really sleepy or they're droopy or their speech is slurred, you take some hair and you'd have to find out from maybe a police department or whatever, whatever laboratory they use, they will tell you how much hair to cut, and then you send it in, and they will do a chemical. That laboratory will do an analysis of your of that hair. But again, it's not cheap. It's like maybe seven hundred and fifty or a thousand dollars. But the point is, if the guardian won't tell you what drugs that person's being given, you kind of just cut the hair yourself when they're not when nobody's yeah. looking. Reverend, I have something to add to that. So we were concerned about Harvey getting, you know, his five milligrams of Halidol, which they were um, doing to him. And they knew that we were coming for them. We already had the medical records to prove it. And suddenly his hair was almost shaved bald. They kept oh, his hair shaved. That's, that's so, and then Yeah, and then the story, everyone remembers the story of Austin Gibson when her mom went in that's the first thing they did to her was shave her head. So you want to make sure you're one step ahead of them because they're shaving heads. And I'm sure that's part of the reason why is because they know that you can grab hair samples. And, that's dirty. You know, that, is, that shows yeah. you they're, that's, they're trying to yeah, cover they their rear end. Oh, are they trying to uh, cover yeah. their yeah, rear that, end? Yes. It sounds like Nazi Germany. Yes, yes, it does. Not yep. Germany. This is really uh-huh. frightening. Well, and especially yeah. for women, to do this to a woman is uh, uh-huh. it's devastating. Because a woman's hair, I mean, you know, it's her bright glory most times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even if yeah. it isn't, to shave her head is devastating. Yeah. Devastating. And, uh, and I, what yeah. I'll say here as an example is women who've gone through chemotherapy, which I would never do, but all their hair jumps off their head because they're being poisoned so bad. Uh, that's one of the most psychologically devastating parts of what they're going through is the loss of their hair. So, you know, this is this has many, many aspects to it. It isn't just simply trimming you up. Uh-huh. No, that's, well, um, I, I, 
this, this is Reverend yeah. Ralph. Yeah, I, I, I have heard where women, you know, again, it's just something to them that is very, very important, their hair. And to, to shave these people, I mean, it's one thing, uh, you know, where they would do it in prison to stop lice or something from spreading. But to do it to a woman just because uh, she's in there for a memory problem or something like that, to shave them, that's humiliating. That's just degrading yes. to a woman. Yes, well, exactly. Are we almost out of time? Yeah, we got about four and a half minutes left here. Oh, I don't think I can do all this in four and a half minutes, Marty. I, oh, okay. <laughs> I have too well, much we more can, to tell you. Okay, yes. we'll, we'll do a second show with you. And um, yeah. another one if to. we need to. Yeah, uh, this to. has been an... Yes, good. This has been an extremely informative show. And callers, thank you for calling in and putting in your your two cents worth on this um holly when you said that about you know we don't fight anymore it used to be we'd take a ball bat to you and i have noted the same thing uh i remember in the area age i grew up you know college campus was boy a hotbed of, of politics and change it's what stopped the vietnam war uh was the Correct. protests and everything and but you can't get people to do squat now um, they won't do anything. And uh, <clears throat> so it, for the most part, let me put it that way, um, you have some fighters out there, and a lot of these people are, but there's ten times that many that just won't do anything to take them. Well, what are you going to do? Well, there's nothing you can do. Well, mm-hmm. if you sit there on your butt, there sure isn't. And um, right. but we gotta keep, yeah. we got to keep getting this out there. And, Arlene, we do want you back on. Yes, ma'am. Thank, um, thank you so much. I have a lot. Thank you, Arlene. You're welcome. Yes, good. So we'll do a follow-up show very soon with you. And like I say, if we have to do three, we will. And um, because I got lots of air times I could give you. And um, I am here. I am here at your beck and call, Marty. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest. Um, Yeah. Thank thank you, Arlene. For always coming on. Uh, You always had so much. And um, yeah, your good you. solid voice in this. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, sounds like somebody's kitty's having a fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. My kitty. My kitty cat. My kitty. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but oh, that's all right because don't worry about it. We've had babies cry, dogs bark. <laughs> no, he's not a baby. Had... He's a kitty. <laughs> He's a kid. Yes. He's a kitty, and he's getting elderly and oh, sick. Wow. So, um, well, but I'm not letting any guardianship on him. There you go. Yeah, good. We Very had, good. We even right. had a gentleman one night as he was talking use the bathroom. I have never let him forget <laughs> it. We, oh, I have never let him for one moment forget it, and. Um, but and I was trying to. I started laughing. I was trying to tell him, you know, uh, uh, mute up, do something, and he was hit just mute. talking along. Yeah, he hit mute. And, uh, yeah. and at the end of it, when he was obviously finished, I said, "If you flush the toilet on air, you're done." And he goes, "Oh my God!" <laughs> and I said, ah. <laughs> "So I so, uh, just." Uh, yeah, there's a lot that goes on here. Like I say, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, these shows are getting so big, we may have to switch to a bigger platform. 
but we'll do what yeah. we can while we can. And um, we'll be back. I think Sunday night with Tanya. I'm not sure with her anymore. She's got so much happening. And uh, and then, of course, next week, it's, it's all oh, Monday night. Dr. John Reiser will come on with me, and we are going to talk about this COVID con and what people are actually possibly maybe sick from, uh, which hasn't got anything to do with some non-existent virus they can't identify. And so we'll be talking about that. So if you feel like listening to that, tune in. Anyway, to everybody for guardianship, we'll talk to you next week. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.